Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Uh, Carrie and I are so glad that you are here with us. And today we are going to talk about that thing that you have to do. And no, I'm not talking about a song. Isn't there a song that says that thing you have to, I don't know, yeah. something like that. Anyway, <laughs> staff training. You know, we we are an industry that requires as much, if not more, than almost every other profession. And it can really get to be expensive. So, Carrie, what can we do? Well, it depends on your state <laughs> um, as to what is required. So I'm going to talk about Texas, um, maybe a little bit about Nevada. But in Texas, all of your staff are required to get 24 hours of continuing education every year. In that first year, they also have to have between 8 and 24 hours of pre-service training. So in that first year, they may have almost 50 hours of training a year. Here's the thing. In Texas, the directors can provide 50% of that training themselves. Um, and then the rest has to be provided by someone else. And a percentage can be done through online sort of self-study uh, where, you know, they take a course online and it has auto-graded quizzes and all of that. But they have to have at least uh, a percentage that is done by an instructor-led training. So, um, and in Texas... Who those trainers are is pretty much up to you as the director. But I said I wanted to also talk about Nevada because in Nevada, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> they have a very small amount of annual training. It's less than 20 hours. But every single training that is done for child care providers in the state of Texas has to have, I mean, in the state of Nevada, has to be approved by the state of Nevada before you can provide the training. So that's a little different where in Texas they're like anybody who can lay out goals and objectives and who can do an assessment at the end of the training, they can do training. <laughs> okay. So, so, so make sure you hear that. Okay. So it's not that you can get Joe Schmo to come in and do a training. Joe Schmo still has to have goals, objectives, and be able to do an assessment. So there is actually some guidelines. Right, but um. it's very broad. <laughs> it's very broad. It, it could be a pediatrician coming in and doing the training. It doesn't have Which to be someone working in the industry. Absolutely. So a lot of times we actually do talk about uh, ways that uh, directors can uh, really kind of keep this training, this expense, because traditionally trainers are paid. A lot of times uh, directors will pay their staff. Um, and we can talk into, we can talk about the pluses and minuses and legalities of some of that. <laughs> but I think I'd rather talk about the how. Like, how would you do those trainings and um, maybe why or what you would put into a plan? So training plans, um, directors who've worked with us in, in the last 19 years have always been required to put together a, a staff training plan. And they're always confused by it. Like, they're like, <laughs> what do you mean a staff training plan? I'm like, have you not worked at a center where there was a plan as to how you were getting your annual training? And... Yeah, Almost universally, they're like, nervous. no. And I'm like, ah! 
that blows my yeah, mind. So- Exactly. So let's 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 start with what is a plan. So a plan is just that, right? It, it is you're going to do this on this day and you're going to talk about this. So there this can be done a variety of ways. It can be done as monthly staff meetings. It can be done as um, basically teacher in-service days three or four times a year. It can be done uh, in the month of August at the beginning of the school year and you just whip out three days and you're done. It can be done by knowing that you're going to send all of your staff to one conference a year and that's going to take care of eight hours. Uh, And then you just have to come up with the other 16 um, and you're going to do that through those other methods. You can have a subscription to one of those online training providers and then you just give the other five hours in person from the director. You've got lots of options here. But you have to have a plan. You got to have a plan. (laughs) You have to have a plan because we don't want what basically we don't want you to have any sort of reprimand because your staff weren't trained. We don't want you to find yourself last minute having to pay for people last minute to do full day workshops for your staff. We know that there are some trainings, right, Carrie? Aren't there some that everybody has to have every year? Well, yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, so again, I'm, every state is different. So I'm just picking on Texas because I know those standards front, back, sideways. Um, so if you have teachers who provide care for children between the ages of t- six weeks and 18 months, they have to, those teachers, everybody who works in that classroom, even as a substitute, has to have at least one hour every year in SIDS, so sudden infant death syndrome, shaken baby syndrome, traumatic brain injury, and infant brain development. Everybody, every year. So is that an hour of, is that an hour on each or an hour total? At least an hour total. When I do it, it tends to be two hours because I I think that's an awful lot to try to get into one hour. (laughs) Um... Everybody has to have at least an hour every year on recognizing and reporting child mistreatment, child abuse, neglect, or molestation. So the recognition and reporting of that. Um, If you have a vehicle, anybody who may be driving that vehicle or being the chaperone on that vehicle needs to have a training every year on vehicle safety, as does your director if you have a vehicle. Um... Every year you have to have training on uh, basically food safety. Um, So how to prevent children from having choking incidents or having an anaphylactic reaction to anything. But uh, it's typically couched around food allergies, but you also have to cover bee stings or whatever in that training. Um, let's see. What am I missing? Blood and blood and fluid. Hazardous material training. Yes, you have to have hazardous material training every year. And that includes how to handle bodily fluids. uh, Because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but you're going to have access to bodily fluids in this job. People are going to have to... (laughs) Yeah, it's going to happen. There's going to be snot. There's going to be pee. 
Uh, there's going to be the occasional piece of blood. Piece of blood? That's not right. What should I have said yeah. there? I don't know. So, <laughs> so CPR. So CPR and first aid. Does everybody have to have that? Uh, one caregiver in every classroom or grouping must have first aid and CPR every year, or a current first aid and CPR. Um, it's easier from a staffing point of view to just have everybody have it. Um, let's see. I feel so like I'm as still... a director. Oh, as a director, are there things I have to have? Yeah. Hang on. I'm not done. Preventing oh. and controlling the spread of communicable diseases, including immunizations. Uh, if they're going to give medication, they have to have training in medication delivery. Um, Oh, and general building and physical safety, including uh, identification and protection from hazards in your particular environment. So if, you're, if your environment uh, abuts to a hike and bike trail, and so there are going to be raccoons and snakes and squirrels running through your playground when there aren't humans on it, you need to train your staff on what they need to look for uh, to make sure that the snakes have gone back on the hike and bike trail. Uh, <laughs> that's a particular issue at a particular center um, that I'm thinking about. And uh, you don't want your staff to come screaming into the building because they found a snake skin. You know, they need to know ahead of time. There may be snakes in the area. Um, and yeah, directors then also of course have to have all of those trainings as well as training every year in business management. Carrie, this sounds like an awful lot for me to remember. Where am I going to find this list? And why doesn't somebody just hand me a schedule and tell me when I'm supposed to do this? Well, it's in minimum standards. Um, so it's um, 746.1311 for your staff. And the director one is, I think, uh, .15 or something like that. I don't remember what the number is for... They're directors, but it's basically do all of this and then also five hours <laughs> in business management every year. Um, we have a form. Uh, so if you email us at hello at colorful clipboards, I'll be happy to send you the form that is a training checklist form and it has all of this on it. And why does nobody give you a schedule? Well, again, you can come to Texas Director and we have a training system where you're going to get all of the training required every year for you as a director. And there will be training outlines so that you can provide the trainings to your staff. So that's a way to do that. That's our annual training plan. But every center, I think, should come up with their own training plan if they're not going to work with somebody like us. And okay. when are you going to so, do first aid and CPR every year? You need to do it twice a year. When are you going to do it? Well, I, but but I don't like to talk in front of people. I don't want to do it. Okay, then don't. That just means but you have to do? hire it somebody. Like a lot of money. It, it may like be a lot of money. It may be. Um, if you do one of the training subscriptions, it's not going to be a huge amount of money. But you could also collaborate with another center or two other centers. And so the three centers together, or, you know, however many centers you need so that you have about 20 staff at every training, and you hire somebody to come in to do those trainings for that 20 staff, and then you split the expense between the number of centers that are collaborating. 
And a good trainer is going to cost you at least $100 an hour. Very frequently, it's $200. So if you do $200 times $24, we're looking at a significant pile of change, right? But if you're only paying one third of that and you're getting all of your staff trained, including you as the director, it's not quite so painful. I mean, it's still not a walk in the park, but it's not super painful at that point. I was going to. But the other thing you can do with the example you just shared, as far as having a training co-op or cooperative with some other directors, is there's no reason why, even though you personally can only provide 50% of the training for your staff, um, you have some other directors. And so if there are three of you, that means that each one of you are only doing a third of the training. So you could literally take turns providing that training to each other's staff as well. And personally, I love this. So we actually did work. And so Carrie's example is actually a real life example because we did work with a community that actually brought five of its child care centers together to create their own little training collaborative. And they did a wonderful job. And it also meant that if somebody um, wanted to go work at another program, you probably had a chance to see them at some trainings, to see how they responded and worked with people. Uh, you knew what trainings they had. <laughs> so yeah, there, uh, there's some some advantages to that. Yeah, but you were saying, what if the director doesn't want to do any of the training? So if you were having one of those collaborations and you didn't want to do your one-fifth of the year training, <laughs> um, if you have people on your staff who are really good, they can do the training as long as they provide goals and objectives, and an assessment at the end. Okay, but what if I have a parent who is, you know, a pediatrician or, you know, they're a nurse and what they do is deal with blood and guts all the time? Sure, bring the nurse in, ask her if she needs you to come up with the goals and objectives and the assessment or whether she will provide, if she's willing to come up with one herself. That part is pretty easy. What do you want people to learn from this session and how are you going to find out if they learned it, right? A quiz is an easy assessment, right? So you can ask that nurse to come in and do your hazardous material training, give her the goals and objectives, give her the assessment and say, okay, if you could just, you know, spend an hour going over this, we'd really appreciate it. Now, she may not be the most engaging presenter you've ever had, or she could be amazing. And then you're like, cool, can you come back in three months and train us on um, how to deal with anaphylactic uh, reactions and choking? And she's going to be like, in three months? Yeah, I think I can find time for an hour three months from now. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're only asking each person who you're reaching out to, to do it once a quarter, that's a lot easier for them to swallow. Um, But again, look through your calendar and figure out when do I want to be doing my CPR and first aid? And can I find a provider who I can pay hourly to? And then I can open this up to the parents. So maybe I'm paying somebody to come do first aid and CPR training at an hourly rate with a $5 per student additional fee because they have to pay for their cards. Okay, so I'm paying somebody $200 an hour 
for four hours to do the first aid and CPR refresher course. That's $800. That's a lot of money. How do I recoup that $800? Well, parents are used to paying $40 for that class. So you just have to get some parents to come in and pay for it and then you're done. Okay, so now you're making this not quite seem so scary, but I mean, I know that you get a lot of directors and I think you just had one earlier in the month that asked you about how do you do staff training? I mean, yeah. why does this seem simple and why do others make it not easy for themselves? I mean, it's simple for you and I, Kate, because we've been doing it for 30 years. Shh. I'm only 30. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) You were doing it while learning how to talk. Uh, (laughs) So for Kate and I, we can do a training on any topic with about a 30 minutes notice because we've done it so often and for so long. Um, But if it's your first time. But we've got some. But we also have some tricks. Right. We have a formula. We've got one hour formulas and two hour formulas and eight hour formulas. So, Kate, why don't you, you want me to do one hour and you do two hours? What the formula is? Okay. So the one hour formula is you break it into four parts. They're each 15 minutes long. The first 15 minutes is you welcome everybody and you have people share what they already know about this topic. That's 15 minutes. The next 15 minutes is you lecture, you give the new information for 15 minutes. And then the next 15 minutes is they do an activity related to whatever the topic is. So if the topic is parent communication, then they practice one person being the teacher and the other person being the parent. And you give them different scenarios to practice like biting, I need new clothes. Uh, Welcome to the classroom. Uh, (laughs) Whatever. Give them, you know, five or six different scenarios and they pull out as many as they can get through in that fifth, in 10 minutes of that 15 minutes. And then you have five minutes for people to share what they learned. And then you have 15 minutes for wrap up. The end. It wasn't complicated. No, and if we're going to, and it's a simple, it's a matter of math. So uh, depending on the topic, you're going to follow a similar uh, process when looking at a two hour or even an eight hour. So uh, we work really, really hard to encourage uh, future trainers to um, think of everything in about 15 to 20 minutes. And again, that's going to be scalable depending on the number of students. Um, if you've only got three or four staff that you're training, then that's going to be different than if you're training 20 or 30. So you'll have to find what works for you. You're also going to have to figure out if you do really well with um, kind of a Laurel and Hardy show, um, or basically um, <laughs> you need two people. Um, <laughs> there are definitely and Hardy. there are definitely <laughs> sessions that Kate and I have a great time doing together. Um, which we haven't gotten to do over the past year and a half, actually. It's very sad. Very sad. It is very sad. So, so yeah. So if you're doing, um, you know, two hours, that means that instead of having four blocks of time, you have eight blocks of time. And what's really nice with two hours is that this is, gives you an opportunity to cover, um, two subjects, 
or one subject in depth. And so if you're going to take one subject, but you're going to dive deeper, you would have your 15 minute opening uh, and everybody kind of get a baseline knowledge. Where is everybody? And this is where you as the director or the trainer, you might need to, you know, take notes and figure out maybe are there some holes in your plan and uh, do you need to be prepared for that? So uh, usually when you're doing a training, you're assuming a baseline knowledge of folks. So if you discover that your baseline is not where you expected it to be, (laughs) then that might be something you need to think about. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. (laughs) so so you've got your introduction which includes baseline knowledge and then you've got your first what I'm going to call a little mini lecture Um, and this is going to be really kind of hopefully trying to get everybody to um, the same level so this might cover some information that other people in the room already knew you're going to incorporate your first hands-on activity of some sort And um, I like to follow that with some sort of share back. So again, depending on the size of the group and the activity, this could be within that same 15 minutes or the next 15 minutes. But here's what I really like to do is I tell everybody to get up and change. Yep. Go move tables, go find a new place. So when you're doing something for more than an hour, every 30 to 45 minutes, try to get them to move. If, you, if you've only got them for an hour, you don't need to mess with trying to move. Um, and, you know, we all respect that they're grownups and if they got to go to the bathroom, they got to go. But by having them get up and switch, because now they're going to be in a new group for the next activity, it's a natural time for those who feel like they can only go when there's a, pl- a stopping point without saying, this is the stopping point for you to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> so... Yep. They, they've now switched. You're probably going to do a, another introduction uh, to an activity that allows you to take that baseline into something more hands-on, Monday morning, useful tool or project. So if you're doing something that is curriculum-based, um, now you're going to create something for your specific room that you can use on Monday morning. And so... Uh, or or story time or, or whatever it might be. And so you've done that and you've done that for 15 minutes. And then I like to kind of close out this two-hour session with a teach back. So getting the, um, now that they've created their uh, felt board, storyboard, uh, magnifying glass activity, uh, have them turn around and teach it to the adults in their group. And so this now means that you're not talking the entire two hours. So, and they don't have to talk in front of a big group. They get to talk to their small little group of maybe four people. And that will take you through to the last uh, hour and 40 minutes normally. And that will give you 10 to 20 minutes of wrap up and assessment. So you have to give yourself some time at two hours for whatever that quiz looks like. Uh, you and, and an assessment can be, were they able to do the project that you had taught them, right? So if you were making felt boards, um, the assessment is, did they make a felt board? If they did the teach back, that is the assessment. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a quiz. (laughs) If they made a felt board and they could teach the story off the felt board, voila, they know how to do that. (laughs) Right. Or, um, or the, you know, the role play in the parent teacher conversation training, right? That's another assessment. 
Absolutely. So, so that's it. I mean, that takes you through two hours and you didn't talk any more really in a two hour training than you did in a one hour training because you incorporated a, a, a teach back and you allowed the teachers to really do something and, and have something to take away. Um, I will be honest with you, when I go to do my own personal training plans for teachers, my preference is 12 two-hour training, two-hour sessions. Um, it doesn't always work that way because I almost always have some uh, summer uh, workshops that we do so that everybody's on board for summer workshops. And then we've got the first aid and CPR. So usually we have a couple that are probably closer to four. However, uh, staff meetings after work, I feed them food. They're already there. Boom, we're done. <laughs> Well, but then that comes up with the question of, well, aren't I going to get overtime for my staff if I'm having them stay late two hours? And what are the staff going to be willing to stay late two hours every month? So that's a whole well, other so issue. That is a whole other issue. And because of where we are time-wise, let's put a pin in that and let's come back and we'll talk about... <laughs> you know, the, the finance of training. So, so write that down, Carrie. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for joining us for Colorful Clipboard. If you have any questions, Carrie's going to tell you what to do. If you have any questions, send us an email at hello at Colorful Clipboard. If you want one of us to come do training or do virtual training for you, that's where you reach us. Also, share this show with other directors. The more people who know this, the better our industry will be. Bye. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.